the marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. Bone marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. Welcome to the marinade, a free-flowing conversation about the creative process with creative people. Each episode, we welcome musicians, actors, comedians, authors, visual artists, filmmakers, anyone who creates art to talk about how and why we make stuff. This is episode 147, and our guest is Bella White. Bella is a singer and songwriter who grew up in Calgary, Canada. Her outstanding debut record, Just Like Leaving, introduced her to the world. Her follow-up, which is called Among Other Things, is one of my favorites of the year. I got to catch up with Bella at her hotel the night after she played with Band of Horses at the House of Blues just outside of Orlando, Florida. Y'all, that show was incredible. Bella was on fire. Band of Horses is a must-see if they come through your town, and so is Bella. You'll hear tourists boarding buses to Disney next to where we were sitting on a gorgeous Florida morning. We talked about her musical education uh, being Berkeley adjacent, her tour with Band of Horses, uh, whether we're more Animal Kingdom or Epcot ourselves, and so much more. This is a special episode, and I'm grateful for the opportunity. Everyone, it is my great pleasure to bring you my conversation with Bella White. All right, Bella, thank you so much for doing this. I am so excited. Um... I got to see you last night, and you were incredible. Thank you. You're on tour with Band of Horses. We're in Orlando. We're in Lake Buena Vista (laughs) at the gorgeous Hilton. Um, And the experience getting to see your songs live was so special because I've been living with your new record, like, constantly, pretty much, for the last couple weeks. Um, and I just like a a quick temperature, like how are you feeling right now? Like you're, you're, you're on tour with Band of Horses. This incredible record is getting, is being lauded, right? Mm. People love it. It's in people's, including my top five or 10 records of the year. Mm. How, like, just how are you feeling? (laughs) Um, I think I feel really lucky. I feel I feel good. I think that it's kind of sometimes like an interesting perspective when you're just very like in it. I feel like I've been like this past summer was definitely with releasing the record in the spring and then being on tour kind of all summer. I feel like it can be really easy to go really like insular about how you're feeling about things because you're just kind of like mm. pushing through and like, you know, really trying to like get it out there and, you know, be around and I'm feeling really good but I also sometimes have to like take a 
a sec to like feel really grateful because I think that it can be easy to just kind of be like in the, the sauce, if you will. Sure. Um, but I mean, I feel, I feel really lucky. I'm really grateful to be on the road with Band of Horses and it's been really cool to watch, you know, people feel like this fall there's been like a transition when I play shows and playing mostly a lot of the new songs off of the new record and it's yeah. been fun to watch people like know those songs now because at first, you know, people were still just on the old ones which is awesome too but it's cool to like see that kind of that it's starting to resonate with people in a deeper way maybe do you feel the difference like the first record is incredible and then the new record is like there's this this growth that happens which is a wild thing to me to Mm -hmm. like you put out because i wonder if there's like a pressure because your first record was really fucking good thank you and then you put out this new record and it's like this huge step forward Yeah. from this fucking good, re- <laughs> really good record. Thank you. Do you feel that at all? And were you aware of it when you were making the new record? Definitely. I mean, it's, it's kind of terrifying to make a second record. Like, I feel like I've heard a lot of people say this too. It's like, you have your entire life to write your first record. You know, it's like you can, like I wrote all those songs. I mean, I was like, in my teenage years when I wrote some of those songs. So like now I feel incredibly not in like a bad way, but I feel pretty far away from them in the sense of like where I was at emotionally. Cause I was like 17 yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I feel like, you know, I, I, I hate to say that I like cringe when I listen to some of them, but I think I'm kind of like, okay, girl, like, you know, like, <laughs> whoa, okay. Yeah. You were 17. And, but luckily people aren't like reading it that way. No. So I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I think there's definitely a lot of pressure and especially like, the new album I made it with Jonathan Wilson and like he's got you know this kind of sound on the stuff that he makes that I like love but it's definitely different from like a four-piece string band you know being the band for the album and I was pretty nervous like what people were gonna think about that because I think I do have a lot of like fans that identify as like being bluegrass fans and this new album's just like frankly not a bluegrass album and that's i didn't want it to be because like i love bluegrass it's like what i grew up on but i didn't want to make the same album twice and i don't like specifically identify as being a bluegrass artist it's just like one of the things that i enjoy but i think when your first thing presents as something people will like be like oh that's what you do yeah and so i definitely felt like pretty nervous to like put that out but luckily i feel like i think it in some ways appeals now to a wider audience because because of that same reason that it's like it's not just one thing i think it spans the new album spans a lot of territory in terms of like how you could categorize it in terms of like genre a hundred percent and one of the things that really stands out about the new record is you write i envy the way you write (laughs) so you write in a way that is poetic but very uh, it's direct. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like you write in, you paint a picture that is so fucking clear. Oh. <laughs> like there's not, uh, to me at least, when I listen to the songs, like I, if I listen to Dishes, for example, I am there. Mm. Like I can picture that moment. I've fucking been there, yeah. right? Like there's a directness to the way you write. And mm. I wonder if that's, are you intentional about being direct about the things that you're saying? Because you have this economy of words, but that is very direct 
but also so beautiful. Oh, thank you. Do you think about it like that? Like when you're in your process? Yeah, I think I initially when I'm writing, I try not to like at the very beginning when I'm just like coming up with something or like I have an idea. I generally try to just be like as, you know, marginless as possible. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, I'm not going to like put any rules on what this is going to be because if I do that then I'm limiting the possibility of what it could become you know yeah so I think that I try to just be like super clear and then or super I guess like clear in that that I'm not gonna like create rules for myself essentially and then as I like the idea takes on a form and shape I then try to you know whittle it down if that is possible sometimes it's not but I think it's like important mm. to not feel like you have to add fluff when it doesn't need to be there. Like I think uh, there's a lot of songwriters and I, I mean like I don't think this is the worst thing in the world but I just don't resonate with the songs as much where I'm like wondering what they're saying. Like I, and I feel like someone like two of my biggest influences in songwriting are Joni Mitchell and Lucinda Williams and I feel like they kind of sit on like opposite ends of a spectrum in some ways but so much that they like have kind of come around and met each other as if it's like a circle, you know, because Joni is like one of the most kind of complex writers and there's, you could argue that it's like fluff, but it's not fluff because she, everything she says has a purpose and a, a meaning. And Lucinda is like not a very complicated writer. She's very literal. I mean, sometimes obviously everyone has range of variety, but when I think of Lucinda Williams, like she, has in the song I've been listening to a lot it's I think I lost it she has a line that's like give me some stuff like you can be confident enough to put the word stuff in the yeah. chorus of your song it's just like give me some stuff and like I feel like kind of trying to like toe the line between those things like of being like okay I'm gonna write a song like um woman of heart and mind that Joni Mitchell song that's like just like super beautiful and super poetic yeah but you totally understand what she's saying or like a Lucinda song that is just like so literal, yeah. but also so moving. Cause they both, I think ultimately I'm going on a long tangent right now, but I, I think love this. ultimately it's like, they both mean what they say. And that's the most <sighs> important thing is it's just like, don't say it in a song. If you don't mean it, if your goal is to like communicate your feelings to somebody, man, that's so, you just captured I love that you went there with Joni and, and Lucinda because, like, I, now I'm listening to Blue in my head, yeah. right? And I'm going, like, I don't know what the fuck she's talking about, yeah. you know? And, I mean, I do, but I don't. And I've spent hours sitting on the floor listening to the record yeah. and being like, what, what exactly is she getting out here? This is something about being a woman in the world that, in this, that I don't totally understand. And then Lucinda's like, you took my joy. I want it back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's just like, ooh, damn. Okay. But also, like, damn. Yeah, I know. It's yeah. Like, I, I think of that. There's, like, this one song. It's kind of big, taken on form as, like, maybe my new favorite Lucinda Williams song. I just kind of, I think I just missed it at a point in time. But it's called um, Am I Too Blue? And the chorus goes, am I too blue for you? Am I too blue? When I cry like the sky, like the sky sometimes, <laughs> am I too blue? <laughs> and it's just like, girl, like, <laughs> lovely. You just said it. Like, we don't need to say anything else. And it's so funny because it's such a cliche, you know, like, tears being like raindrops is such a thing. But, like, yeah. I love how she's just, like, so literal. It's so perfect. Oh, that's great. Uh, so... 
I want to kind of shift gears a little bit. Yeah. Although this may get to what we're talking about with Lucinda. Um, I mentioned dishes. There, there are so many standouts on the new record. I mean, the whole thing mm. is full of standouts. Um, Thank you. Just an incredible record. But dishes really hits me. And then I think for a lot of us, and, and a lot has been said and written about Marilyn. Mm. How much did you, and, and I and encourage folks to go and, you know, we don't have time to really get into the story too much. Yeah. Um, there's plenty online for folks to go read. How much do you identify or not with Marilyn? Um, I mean, I don't think I, like, I identify, like, literally with her or like that story like in the way where I'm not like oh I'm not like in that situation that she's in right but I think just like as a woman I identify with her and I like my heart goes out to her like I say in the song quite literally like I I just feel like we have to like really like remember as ladies that we're all like on the same team and that we're like out here together and we're like, and just as a collective as people in general, but like specifically speaking about like (laughs) misogyny in this song. I mean, it's like, we're all kind of dealing with that on a day to day basis, you know, in this industry, a hundred percent all the time, you know? And it's something that I think that like, it can be really easy to like, you know, you hear about this all the time, but like pitting women against each other and kind of like, I don't know, just, like, in hearing that conversation that this man was having, just, like, comparing his partner to all these other women of different types and just being, like, oh, damn, like, I hope that, like, if these women that Marilyn was, were being compared to, like, knew that, that they would, like, have her back. Like, that's, like, kind of what I hope. So I feel like I identify with, like, her in the sense that I'm, like, oh, like, you're... (laughs) You're my girl. <laughs> like, I got to yeah, look yeah. out for you, whoever you are. I don't know who Marilyn is. I mean, that's her name, but I don't know who she yeah, is. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. She's doing okay. Um, <laughs> Marilyn, are you okay? Yeah, are you okay, Marilyn? <laughs> always call blink me. twice. Yeah, blink twice if you're okay. Um, yeah, I wonder if... My hope is that... Well, I don't know if I hope this or not, but I'm like, I wonder if that Marilyn will ever hear that song. I didn't change her name. Oh shit! She's really? a real person. Yeah, that's her actual name. I don't know her or anything. I just like I actually overheard this conversation from this dude, this absolute douchebag, just like talking about his wife, partner. I don't know. They like it's like when they have kids together and stuff. But he was her name is Marilyn. She wasn't there. He was referring to her as Marilyn. I don't know if it's a faux pas that I didn't change her name, but like I don't know. Oh, who I love that you is. didn't change her name. So, yeah. Well, let's talk about that in terms of process. Like, you left her actual name in there, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, when you think about characters in general, I mean, this is a real person. Yeah. How aware are you of sort of, you know, I'm going to... Because, again, I think that speaks to the directness of the way that you write. Again, mm. like, you're talking about this person who's named Marilyn. Yes, this literal human being. <laughs> literal human being named Marilyn. And that is part of the magic of your writing. So how aware are you of like writing characters versus writing sort of real experiences? Um, I think it's like a really fine line for me. Like I think a lot of my songs are like 
talking about people, and most of the time, people I know. Marilyn is an instance where I'm talking about a person that I do not know. So I felt like it was a lot easier to, like, use her name and be really, like, really explicit about, like, kind of verbatim, like, saying things that I overheard and, like, you know, changing them ever so slightly. And I didn't want to say everything because I... There was also some stuff in there that I'm like, no one needs to hear that. That's, like, gross. Like, let's not put that in the song, you know? Uh-huh. But I think that... um I think that when I'm, like, writing about people that I do know or, like, relationships, experiences that I've had that, like, do, like, directly involved, m- involve me in a dynamic between me and someone, then I think I try to be a little bit more ambiguous about, mm. like, what the situation is or, you know, and, like, ambiguous, like, for their privacy and for my privacy yeah. and just for, like... Your heart. The, my heart and the, their yeah. heart and collective everything. You know, like, I think... Because it's, like, at a certain point, I'm like, oh, y'all, these aren't characters. <laughs> like, they're they're real people, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's something I, I don't actually think about too much, but, like, I w- I'm trying to think about how my subconscious would think about it. And I think I try to just, you know, thread the thread the needle a little bit in terms of, like, being delicate. Are there any particular songs you can think of that you've written where you're talking about you or someone else, you and someone else maybe, and you pulled some punches? Like, or you were like, man, I got to really edit this down. Yeah, I think the song Flowers on My Bedside is a bit like, it's not like spicy, but it's just like, I wanted to like, like I, I played when I wrote that song, I like, I played it for the person that I wrote it kind of I don't want to say about but that was like involved in that story yeah I was like hey just so you know I wrote this song like it's not like it's not like a diss track by any means but I'm just like I hope it's okay that I wrote this song (laughs) you know like that kind of yeah because I feel like yeah some of them I'm just like yeah this is like not just my story to tell how how did that person react in that moment when you played it they were like very open to it at the time okay so it was it was all good yeah they were like grateful to hear it okay what is your what does your process look like it feels like you're fairly prolific um (laughs) is that true (laughs) no not at all wish y'all could see her face right now (laughs) Um, (laughs) i mean no i um yeah yes no i don't know i go through moments of feeling like I'm like, wow, I could write a million songs and like, yeah. I have so much to say. And then I go through per- periods, like month long periods, many months of feeling like I have absolutely nothing to say. Like, fuck me. Uh, do I still have a job, you know? And I think that like, it, that's just life, you know? It's like, we're not always gonna feel inspired at a hundred. And some people are really great about having these practices where they like wake up every day and until noon, they just sit down and they weed through the, you know, inner workings of their minds and they find the songs and they they have duds and they have good songs and they you know like my friend do you know who Liv Green is? I don't think so. Liv Green is an amazing songwriter and she lives in Nashville and she's really great friends with I know that did you have Joby yeah I had Joby on yeah recently yeah. Joby and Liv and I all lived in Boston at the same time and so like I kind of associate Liv oh shit yeah it was very cute that's awesome it was very very cute yeah Yeah. so I know both those both those gals but um 
Liv always says this quote. I forget who it's initially by, but it's like, songwriting is like panning for gold. Like, you got to show up at the river every day. You know, you're not always going to find the gold. And that's my horrible kind of cliff notes of that quote. But yeah. I'm not that kind of songwriter. Like, I unfortunately don't go to the river every day. Okay. Like, I, I can't write every day just because I don't have, like, the brain capacity to do that. Some people do. Um, but for me, I don't know. I, I go through periods of finding inspiration. And then in those periods, I'm like, I guess you could say quite prolific and will write a lot of songs. Yeah. I like writing bursts, I think. Yeah. What, what was, okay, now you got, you've got my brain going a million miles an hour now. So what was it like being in Boston with Joby? Like, it's awesome. That, it seems like that would just be, were y'all hanging out all the time oh, yeah. and writing together or we playing together? writing together, but we were hanging out. I mean, I love Joby so much. She's yeah. such a force. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we we didn't live in the same house, but we, we were around each other all the time. Oh. She was going to Berkeley. I wasn't going to Berkeley. I was just living at this house that a lot of Berkeley people you were at. Berkeley adjacent. I that's was, a good that's place to I be. That's what I say. I was Berkeley adjacent. I was yeah. going to Berkeley for free. <laughs> <laughs> I was feeding off of Berkeley. Um, but yeah, it was very cool. It was amazing, you know, getting to like, I think that was like a huge turning point for me in terms of my career was living there. Like that's where I wrote a lot of the songs. Well, I, I wouldn't say I wrote them, but like that's where I cleaned up a lot of the songs for my first album. And then I recorded it during that period of time. And I was so inspired all the time by people like Joby and Liv Green who were just constantly writing and constantly like working on their craft. Like they were really both like working hard. Yeah. And I felt like that really inspired me. It seems like, I mean, it makes a ton of sense to me. There's a, a through line between, I don't think Joby's record is like your records, but there is a through line to the way that both of you paint pictures mm. that I re referenced earlier because yeah. there is a directness in the way that Joby writes oh also gosh. yeah right and there's its directness that in the way that you write that I that we talked about and I, I think that's that has to have been part of partly a product of y'all spending time together and hanging out yeah maybe it's hard to say but I could see it I yeah mean, I think just like having similar experiences at similar times in our life would definitely yeah. give us some kind of like, I don't know. Man, kinship. that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I want to honor your time and we're running up against it right now, but yeah. we usually end on, uh, we don't usually end with people waiting for the Disney bus yeah. <laughs> for folks listening. That's what you hear in the background, <laughs> people on vacation. Uh, but we do usually end on what you're getting down on. So the art that has you inspired oh, at man. the moment. That's a good one. There's a lot of art that's getting me inspired at the moment. I mean, some of my, like, always favorites are, um, do you know Erin Ray? Uh, she's on your record, right? Yeah. She's incredible. I'm, like, the biggest Erin Ray head ever. <laughs> I love her music so much. Um, she's amazing. I'm always kind of listening to her. Um, How did it feel to have her on your record, by the way? Oh, it felt awesome. Yeah. I was so, so stoked. Yeah. Like, I've been such a fan of hers forever. And she's a friend, and she's amazing. But, like, at that point in time, we hadn't really met yet. Yeah. And the, she had made a record with Jonathan, who I cut my record with. And she was on tour, just, like, happening to be going through L.A. And so Jonathan invited her to come just, like, hang at the studio. 
and then we were got to talking and there was just some time and then yeah she came and she did everything blind like she hadn't heard the song that before. is the most romantic artistic story i've ever it heard it was really cute it was <laughs> yeah. really cute it was like a date yeah it was really sweet and yeah i love erin i'm such a fan like you know hearing her voice i listened to her album putting on airs when i was going through a time i was going through a breakup and i just like you know was changing and growing a lot and that album just was is really special to me and so hearing her voice on my songs i was kind of like oh wow this is crazy oh that's amazing so that was really sweet and then esther rose do you know her music i don't know esther rose dude fucking check out okay. esther rose I will everybody by the end of the day. go check out esther rose okay. i'm like that esther rose champion i think that she is just <laughs> incredible i'm like such such a fan of hers her songs are so cool like, they're really unique. She has the most unique voice. Her older stuff has this more kind of, like, really, like, almost, like, 50s kind of country feel to it. And her new stuff's taking on a bit more of, like, I don't know how to describe it. But it's, like, a little more rockin'. But it's still, like, her uh, arrangements are really, like, kind of stripped down and have this kind of minimalist thing going on. But her songs are so good. Like, talk about a songwriter. And I think she's very prolific. I think she writes, like, all the time. Esther Rose. I don't know why that name doesn't resonate with me. I'll, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to live in those songs now that you've said all of that. I'm going to check that out tonight. You I should go, like, get... Like, she has so many albums, too, and they're, like, nuts. They're so good. I love all of them. Awesome. Yeah. Man, that's really exciting. Um, all right. We got about three or four minutes left. Yeah. Um... Where do you go from here? We talked about your first record and the difference between your first and second. <laughs> You're going to the animal <laughs> kingdom. Welcome to the marinade, everybody. It's always going to be something different. <sighs> should I ask you instead, would you rather go to Epcot or Animal Kingdom? Or should I ask you the question I was going to ask you? Okay, well... Well, the only reason I would rather go to Animal Kingdom is if it, I, I I don't love like animals in captive, but if it's like rides and stuff, probably would rather go to Animal Kingdom. <laughs> there you go. Dude, what about I, you? Same. Okay. Because I'm so like I'm so against animals in captive, but I also suspend disbelief and like because I fucking love animals. Yeah. You know, I want to see a giraffe. It's kind of hard. It's a really tough one. And then they're like, yeah, we're studying these animals. And I'm like, okay, like SeaWorld, they're like, we're studying these seals that jump out of the water for you. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. You're like, are you? I hope you are. I hope you are because that's really cool that I just saw that yeah. killer whale jump out of the water <laughs> in this tiny little... Yeah. It's fucking awesome. It's cool and it's so sad. It's so sad. <laughs> I'm from, well, I've been living on the West Coast where there's, okay, now I'm eating up more of our time, but I've just got, I have a really big love for orcas. And yeah, it's crazy that they can make them do tricks. It's, it's really sad. I'm a teacher and by day and I've taken kids to SeaWorld and you just have to like shut your fucking mouth, right? Yeah. Because like a, a kid seeing a kill, like a, a 12 year old yeah. seeing a killer whale is the most blissful thing you've ever seen right. in your life. Yeah, right? I can see like, that. It's the coolest fucking thing. So anyway, where do you go from here? <laughs> Animal Kingdom. <laughs> where do you go from here? Animal I'm hopping Kingdom on the next is. bus. Yeah, um, next bus to Animal Kingdom. We got two minutes. Like, wh how, what is the next record, or m how do you push yourself musically after this masterpiece you just put out? Oh, thanks. Um... I mean, I'm still working on it. I don't totally know yet. I think I've like I've got some songs. I've been like, like constantly, you know, evolving as we do. And so I've been writing a lot. Um, 
over the past, less so in the past few months because I've been touring really hard, but like this spring and summer I wrote a lot and I'm hoping to find more inspiration and continue to write, but I don't, I don't totally have an answer to that, you know, making, making another record for sure and touring a lot and kind of doing a bit more collaborating, not necessarily in terms of songwriting, but just like doing some fun stuff with some artists that I really admire, which I'm looking forward to and putting out some like kind of stripped down versions of songs from the new record. And I think just kind of like continuing to just be really creative in as many ways as I can muster. Man, that's really exciting. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank, thank you for you. your show last night. Thank, thank you so you. much for your time right now. And uh, I'm really, really grateful for everything you're doing and, uh, and that you spent part of your morning with us Yeah. Uh, by the Disney buses. Yes, by the Disney buses. <laughs> I hope they all have the best day ever. I hope, I, I'm sure they will. Yeah. I'm sure they will. And I can't seem to break them down, which leaves my words false and meaning. I feel sad when I speak out loud. I thought I was to be a better y'all thank you so much bella thank all of you for listening bella white music.com for all things bella white the song you're hearing in this episode is numbers from bella's record among other things it is outstanding y'all i bought myself a vinyl while i was there at the show at band of horses with my dear friend jordan foley just an incredible night can't say enough about bella can't say enough about band of horses either and i can't say enough about among other things check that out at bellawhitemusic.com marinadepodcast.com for all things the marinade follow us on youtube instagram tiktok reddit spoutable twitter blue sky mastodon almost all the things subscribe and give us a five-star rating on your podcast app and tell a friend about the show those are all free ways to support the marinade. Go do that right now while you're listening, please, if you haven't already. It makes a big difference for us and costs so little of your time. Plus, we really like connecting with folks over on social media. If you really like what we're doing and can swing it, please consider joining our Patreon community. We're having so much fun over there, y'all. Just a few bucks a month, you can gain access to Patreon-exclusive content like our show, Jason's Journey, where I talk about the moments that shape my creative life and provide a window into the process of making the marinade. We also have what we're getting down on. Uh, that's a, a conversation between me and my great friend, Peter Haraldson, where we talk about the art that has us inspired at the moment. Um, tonight, I'm going to make a, the second of a special playlist for our Patreon patrons of songs that I've been listening to, things that are just really firing me up at the moment. And we've been having conversations about that music over there. In fact, that conversation led to learning about an artist because one of our patrons, Matt Westerman, recommended somebody. And then that person's publicist reached out to me, and we're going to have them on the show. I'll tell you more about that later, and I'll tell our Patreon patrons about that right away. You can try a free trial of Patreon, y'all. No pressure. Try it for seven days. Set a reminder on your phone in case you want to cancel, and keep going if you dig it. 
If you want to support the show financially, but you don't want to commit to a monthly subscription, I totally get that. We have Venmo and PayPal. It's just at the marinade. All the money goes right back into the making of the show. We have a lot of cool festivals coming up that we're planning on covering, and all that money goes right into those kinds of experiences. Above all, we are just so thankful that you listen and spread the word about the marinade. And until next time, go out and create something. Cheers, y'all. Cheers.